This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Oh, this is Nathan Barnes. I'm, I'm out of Seattle. Seattle area. Um, well, I, I'm calling you because I got uh, your newest book here. Well, it's your first book, I believe, with your brother, uh, Alpine Lakes Wilderness, The Complete Hiking Guide. Yeah, that's well, uh second book, but oh, okay. um, so our first Through the Mountaineers. And um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, no kidding, man. Hundred hikes well, in there. Yeah, that's a lot. And and really you kind of picked the primo section of Washington to do, right? Yeah, we um we actually went to them. They approached us and they asked for some ideas and we'd sort of like slip this in as a, a nice to have. We didn't think they would they would say, Yeah, do the Alpine Lakes Wilderness. You know, they've covered it for years and they're like, no, we want to refresh and we really like what you guys are doing. Why don't you do this stuff? And we were we were very excited about it. Nice. Well, before we dive too far into the book, can you talk talk a little bit about what uh, hiking with my brother is? Sure. It's um. So we started, uh, I guess, 2008. We we decided we were going to climb Mount Rainier. Actually, my brother decided we were going to climb Mount Rainier, <laughs> and I was I was reluctant at the time. He's like, No, no, we got to do it. It's going to be amazing. Okay. And finally, like, he just leaned on me for long enough, and I finally just grudgingly said, okay, we'll do it. So we trained for a lot and made it up to the top. And, you know, we had just been so, doing so much training together, and we'd have a great time hiking. We're like, well, let's keep doing this. And, you know, we just we can't leave well enough alone. We couldn't just hike. So we started a blog and just to talk about what we were doing, and then it just sort of spiraled from there. And now hiking with my brother is, you know, we've got hundreds of hikes on there, and, you know, people can – can go get an idea of what the hike is like and get our perspective on it. And through that, it's just been popular enough that uh, the Mountaineers saw it. And they're like, oh, you, we've been reading your thing for years. Why don't you come write this book? I'm like, oh, well, twist our arm. Let's, yeah. let's do it. So that was that started about five years ago. Before I had a toddler, <laughs> I just uh, just <laughs> shuffled out the door. Uh, nice. So she's never known a day <laughs> where I haven't been working on this book. Ah, uh, that's great. And, and how old is she? She's four and change. Uh, four and like four and a quarter. So you guys have been working on this for quite a while, then. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it depends on when you want to start it, but you know, when we, it's been five years since we we signed up for it. Oh okay. Wow. Yeah. Um. But you guys have probably done a lot of the hikes before you decided to do the book, right? Yeah, yeah, we had done a bunch of them, uh, but they still needed to be redone. You know, the trails just changed. They, they changed so much over the um, course of like five years. So trailheads had moved and, you know, we, a lot of the, the Alpine Lakes Wilderness has a, li- a limited number of entry points. So you end up sort of having to re-hike some of the hikes anyway in order to get to the interior stuff. But yeah, we had, you know, we were we kind of started out when we, uh, in the Alpine Lakes wilderness area, when we, we were just doing the I-90 corridor, we had this, you know, funnily, funnily enough, a uh, Mountaineers book, 55 hikes <laughs> around the Snoqualmie Pass. And so that was kind of where we cut our teeth on that. We just like went through it religiously and did every single hike. So a bunch of those hikes 
from back in 2008 when we were very first starting doing the hiking with my brother thing uh, are now in this book. So it's kind of like this full circle thing, just kind of funny. Yeah, that's good. not even planned. Well, yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, I-90 and obviously anybody that's hiked in Washington or even driven through Washington probably knows Snoqualmie Pass there. Um, and then and then the other side of the Alpine Lakes is, is Highway 2 with Stevens Pass. So can you kind of talk about some of the highlighted uh, areas within that? Within those, within uh, like the re- different regions that we've done? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we divided the book up by highway corridor because we, you know, we were trying to, we were trying to write it by what would be the most easy intuitive thing. And uh, we kind of did it from our perspective. So it just seemed like organizationally that would make sense. And within the book, we kind of broke that up into, I think it's five different areas. So within the, the I-90 corridor, there's the Snoqualmie River Basin. And one of the great things about that is that uh, we covered the Middle Fork, which was really only sort of inducted into the Alpine Lakes Wilderness in 2014. After years of trying, there's a bunch of those areas that are now part of the Alpine Lakes Wilderness. It's only really the major expansion that has happened since it's since it was created in the 60s. So we got to include a bunch of stuff in there. So we were excited about that. Then there's the like sort of the central uh, Snoqualmie Valley. It includes everything all the way up to Snoqualmie Pass. And then everything beyond the pass, which it gets a little difficult because you get out past, um, you know, Wenatchee there and you, the uh, Clee Elm, not Wenatchee, you get out past Clee Elm and then you start bending up around the back of it over Blewett Pass and up towards Highway 2 and then sort of regionally just a very different area. Then Highway 2 is just uh, basically, there's just two regions up there, um, the Skycomish area and then we, you know, all the Icicle Creek drainage stuff. So that's that's the thing. That's the area that everyone associates with the Alpine Lakes Wilderness, the enchantments. It's the cover of our book. It's sort of like this crown jewel of of the wilderness, and it's really what sold um, what sold the creation of it was you know photographers going up into that area, and really highlighting it and pushing it pushing it towards um, the, getting included in the Wilderness Act. It took this. It was a big long effort by the Alps folks, the Alpine Lakes Protection Society. And, you know, one of the things that pushed it over the edge and got the president to sign it was was a photo book that was just stuff from the Alpine Lakes Wilderness heavily of the enchantments. So, yeah, those are the regions, different regions of the book. Um, a lot of them have a similar feel. Obviously, there's differences on wh- whichever side of the Cascades you're on. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I'm looking at uh, some of your stuff here. I'm sorry, I can talk about this endlessly. Oh, no, it's good. No, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I like hearing that, especially when you're talking about the history and stuff. Um, what, uh, I, I, I don't see it in the book cause probably because just outside of the, the wilderness. I just went up to Bridalville Falls out, off of Highway 2, and uh, the only reason I bring mm-hmm. it up is because uh, there were so many people, and obviously we get that with hikes. Uh, one thing I like about ha- – uh, just about having these really detailed books like this that pull people into these other trails. So were there any trails right. that where you were like, oh, man, I didn't even realize this trail was here until you guys started diving into the book? Well, not that precise story. Um, but I will say that you've hit on one of the major focuses of the whole Hiking With My Brother blog and one, one of those things that we wanted to incorporate into this book. So we're all about trying to spread that trail traffic out since, since we've been doing, even in the last 10 years that we've been doing this, we've just seen 
uh, trailheads that would have, you know, 15, 20 cars on a summer weekend explode to 50 cars, just being clogged with 50 cars. Like, the, you know, the Iris Spring Memorial Trailhead to get out to Mason Lake is bonkers now. Oh, it, yeah. it, 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 when, when we used to go there, I'm, I sound like an old man. When we used to go there years ago, <laughs> there was, you know, there was plenty of room in the parking area. And now you, you walk. It's like on a summer weekend, those, those cars line both sides of the forest road and it's very tight. And so not that that's a bad thing. I'm, we're really excited that people are, are getting out on the trail and using and getting experiencing some of the fantastic landscapes that we have out here. We, you know, obviously we're huge advocates of hiking as a, as a, as a sport and as a way to get out, but we really, we really try and get people to, to understand how much more there is with it, that isn't significantly more difficult to get to. So when you look at the book, one of the things that we included uh, is um, the tra- a trail traffic sort of um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. metric. So any of the ones that say light under trail traffic, and there's a whole hike finder in the very beginning of the book. Yeah, I see that. You know, yeah. We'll tell you if it's heavy. We'll tell you if it's light. We'll tell you there's a moderate in there that, you know, somewhere in between you're going to get some people, but not. But the light stuff, a lot of those trails, no one goes to. You know, people don't go down to the end of, of uh, you know, Highway uh, Forest Road 57 in the, for the North Fork, Snoqualmie, going all the way to the very, very end to do stuff that, you know, just, like, there's never anyone, there's never any there down at Bear Mountain or Bear Basin Vines or going out to Anderson Lake. There's, you know, a car or two, you know, that if for your specific question were there areas that we didn't know about there's probably a couple the one i just mentioned the bear basin mines area is fantastic you know you just kind of have there's not really a trail sign you kind of go down an official trail and then there's like a old mining road that's kind of been overgrown you just have to know when to turn and we you know obviously tell you how to do that and that's that's an amazing experience you get you get a oh there's there's old steam donkey up there. There's old uh, open mine shafts, you know, a, a lot of crumbling foundation of all the, the mining activity used to go there. And you just, you just get to explore a little bit. And there's stuff like that in the book. There's, there's Tin Cup Joe Falls, which is also in the Middle Cup, Middle Fork area, which is another sort of semi-official trail that you just kind of have to know about. And so if, when we could do those, we, those, you'll see a lot of those in the book. And the easy way to find them is just look for the light traffic. Yeah, that, I really like that you guys did that. I'm glad you pointed it out to me because I, I did. I I like that whole section where you go through all that stuff. And to be honest with you, I've seen that in hike books before, so I didn't necessarily concentrate on that. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out because that's something I've, I've never really noticed that people did before. All right, we're talking about waymarkgearco.com. I want to direct you over there, uh, kind of talk a little bit about um, they do have their through 38 and 42 liter packs and their 50 liter packs. Um, they, the through packs start at 210, the 50 liter packs start at $260. So go check those out. But I also want to talk about their accessories, add-ons. Uh, the ones my daughters both have and love are the, uh, the mesh water bottle holders there or a phone pocket. And there's more than that too. I mean, the zippered shoulder pouch, hip belt pockets, uh, messenger bags, um, I know one of his big hits at PCT days I saw Mark there was his fanny packs. He actually sold two fanny packs. His wife and him were both wearing a fanny pack, and they sold them off their own bodies. So they, those were a big item there. 
Um, so, you know, look for those in the future. They got stickers and uh, gift cards and stuff. So this is all just extra stuff on top of their packs. And um, anyway, go over there and follow them on Instagram, waymarkgearco.com. How did you guys decide how to label those? Was that um, just you happened to notice that when you were uh, going to the hikes yourself, or, or did you get some actual data from Forest Service, or how did you guys figure that out? It's yeah, it's not that scientific. A lot of it is feel. For most of these, we've been to the those trailheads and those access points multiple times, and a lot of it is different times of year, and so a lot of it is gut feel. Um, so the some of the moderate ones, those you know that that's really where the judgment call is. If it says light, probably there's and it's the trail traffic, not necessarily the trailhead traffic. Uh, if it's light, it means that we maybe saw one or two people, if wow. anyone. Uh, moderate just means you ran into the normal, you know, you're out for a hike, you normally run into a couple of folks and, you know, you say hi, and, you know, you get out of the way or they yield to you, you say good morning and that's fine. Uh, you know, then there's heavy where it's like rattlesnake, rattlesnake ledge or, you know, Lake Serene, like you were talking about, or, you know, not in the, uh, that's, I was going to give an example. It's not in the book. So I'll just, <laughs> not, but there's, there's, you know, certain trailheads where you go to them and it's like, oh, wow. You know, the Mount size of the world where this is just too many people for it to be, you know, a, that sort of connecting with nature experience. And if you're just going and, and you're just, you know, want the workout, which I think a ton of people going to Mount Sai are doing, that's fine, you know. It's nice to have a bunch of people around when you're trail running, but it just depends on what you're looking for in in a hike. And, you know, with, with the, with the vast amount of, you know, there's 600 plus miles of trail in the book that of this book, like there's a lot of it. There wasn't anybody on. And we now have our kind of have a population that supports, uh, has, has drawn a bunch of people here, which is awesome. And they need trails to go out on. So we really, like I said, it's always been sort of a sort of one of the tenets or some of the one of the goals that we had is just to sort of raise the awareness of, hey, try these other trails. That some of them are great. Just try something different. And when you get that level of traffic, and this is sort of the other the other the other side of the coin, there's a little bit of selfishness in it because when a trail gets a lot of traffic, it then gets a lot more attention, and then it gets you know, it gets brushed out and it gets maintained and it doesn't get lost. Like an example would be in the one I just mentioned, the hike uh, uh, along Lennox Creek out to Anderson Lake. You know, that used to be a trail that was used a lot and just over time sort of faded out of existence because, you know, it was, it's hard to get to. It's, it's a lot of forest road to get to that trailhead. And so it's just sort of as our hiking sort of needs or preferences have changed, you know, things like that get abandoned. And it, uh, what I think a lot of people might not really, well, know intuitively if they thought about it, but aren't risen in the forefront of their mind is you got to use the trails to keep them up. They got to get a lot of use. Uh, they getting the, keeping the brush out keeping the trail wide, keeping the dirt pounded. That just, that takes not only dedicated people to do a little trail maintenance, but also just use. So uh, another example would be, uh, uh, well, I'll have to look at the trail. There's just other trails in here that are lightly used that we put in the book in the hopes that they'll get a little bit more traffic, a little bit more love. Nice. Yeah, well, one of them I noticed here, um, 
I was just kind of looking through, and I was like looking for the easy hikes first. And when you see an easy yeah. hike that also has light traffic, you're just kind of like, oh, that's weird. But yeah. then you then you dive into it a little bit more, and it's like, okay, well, that's because it's way out in the middle of nowhere. And but but you know, sometimes <laughs> right. people want to just go for a drive and uh, take a short trail. So I, I saw that Evans Lake, and it looks like a beautiful yeah, lake in your pictures. One. But that'd be probably a good example. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's so short. <laughs> sort of uh you know and that's a good one where there are some hikes in the book where we'll say it's you know it's worth looking at i would we'd go to it there's also another hike like a few feet down the trail do that one too to make it a whole day because you've driven all the way out here you know we that's a, another thing we've tried to do in the books there's a, like a little going further section where we'll try and say like okay so you're already here here's some things you could add on if you want to do a little bit more here, or do you want to do a little bit more there? If you want to make it a backpack, if you want to, if you just want to know what's down the trail, we'll, we'll kind of add that stuff in there just to save time. So that if you were going to go out to, to Evans Lake, which is a nice little lake, especially if you have, if you're somebody that's trying to get your five or six year old into backpacking, you know, like you got to start them small. I think it's a half a mile, a quarter of a mile to, the, to, to get down to a nice forested fields, remote lake. You could put you could put a little backpack on on a five year old and have them trundle down there and coax them down to the water and you know have a quick overnight. It's just it's just nice to have that ability to get back to the car if you need to without with very little effort. Yeah, it's good that you guys you know covered some things like that because I mean I was in that same boat you know when my kids were four, five, and six and um, you know you, you do want to find those kind of trails so. Um, and, and honestly, oh, absolutely. there's some adults out there that can use those kind of trails too, right? <laughs> right. And it's, you know, a lot of this is, a lot of this is sort of graduating, just doing a couple of times, you know, sometimes the, the normal path is maybe like you do car camping a couple of times because the car's right there. Okay. Well now a quarter mile away from the car. Okay. Now a mile away from the car. Okay. Now three miles from the car. And just sort of just having that confidence of, of knowing like, Oh no, I can, I can take care of myself in that in the woods for a couple of nights it's going to be fine <laughs> all right so when we talk about the enchantments uh, when you guys were getting the uh all the intel for the book with the enchantments um were you guys day hiking up there or were you guys did you guys get the permits and everything oh um so i think we've gone through the enchantments it's got to be upwards of like the core enchantments up was three or four times for the book. And then sort of the ancillary areas, the, you know, the, the Kolchuk zones and the eight mile lake zones, uh, a couple additional times on top of that. We've done the lottery and we got, um, we've gotten uh, permits twice, but it is, uh, that was years ago. Uh, since then we've more, we've done much more um, day hiking. So you can get Kolchak permits a lot more easily or Snow Lake permits a lot more easily. Get those and you sort of day hike up into the enchantments and don't spend the night up there. We have done it. Um, I will say we almost, this might be the first year we haven't applied for them, but it has been, it has gotten more difficult um, to get those permits just because of the sheer demand. There is a program where you can go, if you're daring, you can go <laughs> day of, uh, go to the ranger station, get there early in the morning. And I mean, early in the morning, they have a set amount of overnight core enchantments permits that they give out, but they're first come first serve. <laughs> you got to be there early. And if you don't get them, it's, you know, 
maybe you, maybe you have a night in Leavenworth. <laughs> have some have some bratwurst. Have have some pretzels. Try again in the morning. Um, so go like to, I, go I, up I to Evans Lake. That that's risky for something. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, head over to Evans Lake for the day. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is that is one thing that we've been I've been telling people in the last couple of years where they're just frustrated with how difficult it is to get a permit, even if they're going for late in the season, even if they're going for the middle of the week, you know, there's just, uh, and I don't think that the, my understanding is that the number of permits that they're giving out isn't any less. It's just the demand has really gone, gone up. So well, um, more difficult for people to get them. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I know I've tried and you know, I'm probably just, trying to get that primo spot but to be honest with you i'm not too too worried because i really want to go up there with my daughters my oldest my youngest is only six so um pushing it out a few years oh, won't yeah. be too bad so yeah 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 and then you know you get to the adventure you can go like okay girls we're gonna we're gonna go and then we'll just go to the ranger station and it's gonna be fine <laughs> yeah we'll we'll go, go i'll yeah, try yeah, you'll get it well um this book so i've talked about this with some books before um one thing i really like about this is it, it really covers to me, what I would say, I, I personally, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I don't like to hike in these areas as much because I know they're going to be very over traffic. But it is nice that you offer, uh, the like we said, those other you know sections that say whether they're they're light or not. But um, if if I was flying in to Seattle, um, this would almost be the perfect book if somebody says I want to I want to hit a couple really good trails. Um, this is going to be the book they're going to want, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just simply because, you know, and I credit my brother a lot for this. I do all the writing for the book. My brother does all the pictures and the maps and all the technical stuff. Uh, and I do all the words and the, the whatever. So I really credit him with, with making this book kind of come to, come alive. If you're coming in and you're, and you want to check out the Alpine Lakes Wilderness, there's few books out there that are going to give you the sort of the, the visual experience that this one, that this book does. It really can take you there and go oh wow i want to go see this lake i want to go see this mountaintop i want to go see i want to go see this stuff and so if you're coming in from out of town you want to do that i would highly recommend a book like you know this book obviously i'm, I'm a little biased against because i've spent untold <laughs> hours on it and i personally think it's one of the best but uh i would also say just having done a little bit of a market research you know, the, the way, the visually, the way it looks to kind of like, if you need, if you're coming in and you kind of want to, I think I want to go here. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's a really a great book to have and, and really suck you in and go like, yes, I want to do these things. Um, and I would probably send people to some specific places, depending on what they wanted, you know? Um, and that's the other thing we try and do. We try and we try and give you as much variety as possible and at the same time, we we're trying to be complete, right? We wanted as, as, as uh, we, we made sure to get every trailhead in there. We made sure to get every trail that we could possibly get in there. There's a, t- a couple of tiny little sections of trail in the very center that we didn't get to that are just, they take two days. So you got to do two nights to even get to them. So they didn't, they didn't make it, but you know, we wanted to make sure like, obviously it's, it's lake heavy the alpine lake yeah but if there's waterfalls let's focus on the waterfall if there's if there's some great uh creek walks or river walks let's, let's get those in there and really frame those in a way where someone can go okay well what is it that i feel like today what do i how do i want to experience this sort of thing 
and um you know really kind of get those in there and you know variety is variety is important you know you want to sometimes you just don't you know, want to climb to the top of the mountain sometimes you're sick to, sick of going to uh, a buggy lake you know so we try and get we try to get as much as possible and a little bit of variety sixmoondesigns.com go over there check it out give them a call give them an email check out their their stuff online uh, they've got a lot of other things in tents, but I like to really highlight the tents. Um, they've got some packs and stuff, too. Um, anyway, th- if you need a tent for one or two people, this seems to be like the best weight, the best place to go. Uh, they have the one cool thing I really like about the company is that they haven't just streamlined it just for the ultralight backpacker. They've also got, you know, you know, if you want a, a six moon design tent, then they have uh, the price for you. You can get uh, the the ultralight one or or the uh, uh, the non ultralight style, same style, but it, it's a little bit more. Uh, it might be a little bit more weight, but the price is better. So you know, you can kind of choose what you want there. You can get these tents just as like a mesh tent uh, to keep the bugs out, or you can. They have tarps as well. So I mean, I'm I, I'm telling you, I haven't been this excited about a tent in a long time. I've, um, sixmoondesigns.com follow them on Instagram and tell them the Cascade Hiker podcast sent you yeah well hey I'm, I'm actually into the backpacking section of the book right now and um, I don't know why this one's just sticking out to me uh, talk to me a little bit about the Ladies Lakes Loop are, are some of these uh, oh, yeah. routes that you came up with or, or is this a because I've never really heard of anybody necessarily doing this Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you've, you've picked one that I can talk a lot about. I love that. Well, first I'll tell you about the extended backpack. The extended backpack is sort of a little bit of a brainchild um, because the way that we've written those, the way that I've written those, it's more like an itinerary where you can, you know, I really make, try and make discrete days. So that theoretically what you could do is like take different days of adjacent hikes and sort of mix and match a little bit so that you know this amount of stuff will take me a day to do. Here's where I'm going to finish. Here's where I'm going to end. And you can kind of do some fun things with that. This was born out of us trying to put together backpacks that would visit a lot of different places. And we had a really tough time. There wasn't a lot of really great resources for us to kind of like optimize or like, how do I get from point A to point B in the most interesting way possible? Does this work? I want to go like this. Is there any guide about that? And it just wasn't. So we kind of, you know, that's why I broke it down that way in the hopes that people could, you know, would not have some of the similar problems that we had. So all of those loops, some of them are classic, like, uh, they're not loops. I'm sorry. All those extended backpacks. Some of them are classic. Some of them we made up the ladies Lake loop that you're referring to. That is interesting because it is a route mapped out and made famous by um, a, a forest supervisor named Hal Sylvester. He was, uh, he was one of the first, he was the first uh, forest supervisor for the Wenatchee National Forest. And what he did, he was a topographer by, he worked for the USGS and before he got hired by the Forest Service. And he was topo- a topographer. And he came and one of his things that he immediately noticed is he, there's a lot of fire damage out there. A lot of it had to do with the timber extraction that was happening, the, the trains would go down and embers would fly up. Hmm. Stuff would burn. And when you did that, when you wanted to go and fight a fire, 
one thing that's really, really convenient is to have names for the geography. And there just wasn't many. This is 1908 when he got hired. So in 1909, he goes out and he wants to survey some fire damage and um, sort of the icicle creek drainage area. And he's, you know, he's on his, he's on his got pack horse, got his mule, and he's, he's going through and he and another ranger that he was with in over the span of two days happened to go more or less on the route that is outlined in the book. And every time they came to a lake, they named the lake. They were like, oh, well, we need one for him. We need a name for this. And they all happened to be women in the lives of Sylvester, Hal Sylvester, or his ranger. Or then by the, by the time they got to the end, they were just, they were naming things for Queen Victoria. They were, were out of names. <laughs> they did, you know, his wife, Hal Sylvester's wife. They did, you know, the ranger's girlfriend. They did the ranger's girlfriend's sister. They did, you know, all of these, all of these things. And the reason that the story is interesting and, and you know, at least somewhat important is like that particular trip in 1909 that particular trip started a trend that he did for the next 20 years when he was out naming things or his rangers were out naming things they often when they would find a lake that they didn't have a name they gave it a woman's name somebody that they knew or were related to which is why when you go through the alpine lakes wilderness and you find these lakes that are named just oh look it's lake yvonne oh lake margaret oh here's another one they're, and they're just seemingly random. It's because of this, this tradition where, you know, he just started out doing it. There's something like 150, 150 plus lakes that are, that are named in this, with this naming standard. So it's just interesting to have a hike and kind of recreate. I was interested in kind of recreating that, that experience. And it's, it's kind of a fun story. And it, it sort of explains a little bit more about a lot of the, a lot of the features, how they were named in the area, which always interests me. And hopefully other people, which is why I put that naming glossary in the back. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. I I like that story a lot. Um, I, I'm noticing too on the maps for that hike, uh, there is a Sylvester, Sylvester Lake up there. Yes, yes, it was named for him um, later on. Not on that hike, it got it got named after him. Was sort of like a little homage to him starting that out. Now, talk a little bit about the back section you were just mentioning. Oh, sure. Um, I really had to. I really had to push for this. Uh, not that hard. The the, uh, the mountaineers are fantastic. They really like the idea too. Um, and some of this, you know, it's just a short, like three or four pages, little guide to place names. Because personally, you know, you you hike a lot, right? And you you get out and you do you know trail after trail after trail. There's something a little bit engaging about understanding why the trail is there and how things got named. There's almost always a story, you know, trails don't get made just randomly. They don't, they don't just happen. They, you know, they, they're created by either, you know, animals or maybe um, they might've been started as trade routes, or maybe they were just, you know, people recreating wanting to get to a fancy lake, but there's a story. There's a reason why, you know, there's this swath cut through, cut through a forest or up the side of a mountain. So again, kind of engaging a little bit with the history of, of a trail, uh, it, it, for me, and I, and I think for a lot of other people, it really makes, kind of makes the trail come alive a little bit more. So having just a little guide in the back where you don't have to read the entire book to pick out, you know, what the answer to something is, you can be looking at, 
you know, you're planning a hike, you're looking at a map, you're not even looking at my book, you're, you're, you're just, you know, you got your, your green trails map out and you're like, okay, I want to start over here and the icicle creek drainage, I want to try to hit this, I want to do this loop around the cradle and you're, you're seeing features on the map and you're like, huh, I wonder what that, that's an odd name, why is it called the cradle? Well, that's weird. Then you can flip to the, you know, pick up the book, flip to the back, look up for the cradle and go, oh. Oh, okay. That's why. Well, maybe uh, when I'm out there, I'll see the shape of this and see if it does look like a cradle to me. Just that sort of, just that, that little tiny connection. So that when you're out on the trail and you got your friends with you, you can, you know, it's satisfying to be able to go, Hey, that thing over there, that's called the cradle. Do you know why? Well, here's why. That's just a fun thing. And so I really wanted to put in the back of book, just dedicate a few pages, just having a quick handy guide to like, just how do, what, what does this mean? That's interesting. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I got there. Hey man, I honestly love that section. I, I just pulled it up and, um, I, I was looking at tunnel Creek and I, it's funny because yeah. when you're in on that hike, uh, the tunnel Creek little trail that spurs over to, is it past Lake? Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's not really, when you're on the trail, you can't necessarily see a Creek if I remember correctly. I'm like, why the heck yeah, do they yeah, even call this trail Tunnel Creek? And now, you know, you kind of put some context in there. Yeah, and they'd be like, why? You know, that why, why is that? And I don't know. I think it always makes it just a little bit more fun because someone, someone that you're hiking with, who's going to ask? And it's nice to be able to, you know, have a quick answer. Not everybody has the time or the inclination to go like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on, I'm gonna get online, or I'm gonna go to the library, which is a thing that people used to do, and. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out, and then, you know, I just did it for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, you I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw one out there too, uh, just to, just to throw people off. Deep Lake, the name refers to the unexpected depth of the lake. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> no, no, there are some in there that you're you're like. Okay, well, that's why. Yeah. All right, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're they're all really good. I I was just throwing no, no, that one good. out there to be funny. That's good. Yeah. Um, no, but I know I wrote I wrote it a little bit to be funny. I'm like, no, you know, there's not really a story here, but this <laughs> is the reason. Right on. Well, I, I what, can you um, let's see. We're about to wrap up here. I wanted to. I did want to kind of mention your other uh, book. I know it's not a mountaineer's book, but. Um, yeah, I, I like the title. Can you talk about hiking through history, Washington? Yeah, it's um, it was our first effort. Um, it uh, it, it had some really cool stuff in it. Uh, it, it we were, it's mostly Western Washington. Uh, it got uh, framed a little bit. There's some stuff in Eastern Washington, but most of it's most of it's Western Washington. We tried to spread it out quite a bit. And um, I'm a I'm a history guy, so uh, it was. I wanted to tell a little bit more of, of the trail stories. There's other books out there that are more history focused. It's still a hiking guide. Um, you know, Judy Bentley wrote sort of the seminal book on that, her like hiking through history or hiking history uh, book that came out in 2010. I think it was before ours. Hers, uh, that's a history book that has some hikes in it and she's amazing. Whereas the hiking through history Washington book that we did is, is a hiking guide that has a little bit longer history sections than you see in this book. So it's just a little bit more narrative and you get a little bit more um, sort of, okay, well, here's back in this day, there was this thing that was happening. There's more historical context in it a little bit. Um, 
I would say that uh, that's it's there's some of that in this book. There's a, uh, in the in the current book. There's definitely a bunch of history in there, but it tends to be a slightly a little bit less. Anyway, uh, that's a I think a 55 hike book. I want to say 50 55, and um, you know there's a, it, it, a range of places are are taken care of. You get you're, ever, you're out in the Olympics. You're down in down on Rainier, you're, you know, up on, you're up on the high in the mountain loop highway. And it's just, you know, there's just a wide variety. And again, there's, there's the same sort of emphasis on like, have you tried this weird trail? Yeah. Here's some classics because we, well, you got to put in the classics. You got to put in like, Hey, in case you're, you're new here, you should go to this. <laughs> but then, you know, there's also an emphasis on like, have you ever heard of this thing? Probably not. And it's in there. So there's, there's a quite a few of those a little nice. bit different, a little bit bit off the beaten path hikes in there it's a it's a worthwhile guide if you want um especially for that portion of it if you want a little bit of history and you want some you know a couple of weird stuff in there some a couple of uh off the beaten track stuff that's uh, those are in there okay yeah and, and while you're talking there i kind of wanted to point something out that i noticed about um your book alpine lakes wilderness um when you mentioned that about your other book oh there's 55 trail uh, you know trails highlighted um I just want to say that in your in your Al- Alpine Wilderness book, the amount of hikes really doesn't justify the uh, size of the book because you dedicated a lot more pages uh, to the books, and I would probably have, would have assumed, um, you know, other other you know, based on some of the books I've had in the past, they're like oh one page, yeah, one, one, one hike. So it's yeah, it's it's substantial, and but a lot of that I will say a, a big chunk of that is photos um like i'll we put in and we pushed for part of the the when we were in the, i don't want to say and get into the negotiation process but one of the things we really wanted to emphasize when we were um talking about getting this book together and the mountaineers were enthusiastic about about agreeing with us and, and supporting us in this is we really wanted a um visually engaging uh guidebook uh we're trying we were trying to take the experience that we have with hiking with my brother which is we do a lot of pictures. We do a lot of um, like contextual pictures. Like there'll be any hike will have anywhere from 10 to 30 photos associated with it. And, you know, my brother spends a great deal of time making them look fantastic. And he's, he's got developed a real eye as a photographer. So we wanted a lot of that. We wanted to try to mimic that experience of that, you know, that because, because online is so, you know, we're in the age of Instagram now, but when we started, you know, it's still very, uh, visually driven so one of the reasons that it's kind of a hefty book is there's a lot of pictures in there that oh, said good. you know they, they did try and they did try to draw me down ah. <laughs> my initial <laughs> manuscript yeah. was heftier take your style <laughs> they yeah, did, yeah, they yeah, did yeah, hack yeah, away at it quite a bit <laughs> oh that's funny well hey how do people find you guys um how do they find us uh well you hiking with my brother.com is a great way to to find and connect with us uh that's that's really the easiest way. We're, we can have a presence on Facebook. We got a presence on Instagram. We got a presence on Twitter. Um, they're all hiking with my brother, which turns out to be, you know, in 2008 when we thought it was, you know, hip and cool. Now it's a little clunky, but, you know, it's not quite as hip as, as, as the world is now, but it's also that kind of helps us in that it's just a little bit weird. So people tend to remember it. Yeah, well, that's perfect. Well, thanks for coming on the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass. Playing mandolin in a white dress. So come running when I hear that song. It could never be wrong. It could never be wrong. Where you want to run, baby, I'll run too. I would leave this world for a beautiful girl if I could just find